0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Wednesday, April 18th, 2018. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter We Are Agnostics. We are on page 52. The last paragraph that begins, The Wright Brothers. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Kathy R., 12 Traditions, Elena M. Our text readers are Pete B., Lynn F., Madeline R., the newcomer host today is Kathy G., and the host for the second hour is Lisa H. The share ID for yesterday, Tuesday, April 17th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 11,305-11305. And the Share ID for yesterday, April 17th, the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 11,307-11307. OA Preamble. each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Kathy R. to read the 12 steps of way for us, please.
1: Good morning, everybody. This is Kathy R. calling from the Tampa Bay, Florida area. These are the 12 steps of our program. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And finally, number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do this service, and have a great day.
0: Thank you, Kathy R. I will now ask Elena M. to read the 12 Traditions of OA for us, please.
2: Thank you, Monica. Um, Good morning. It's Elena M. uh, covering... might never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before Thank you. Go ahead.
0: Thank you, Elena. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And we are really asking, especially everyone, please, to make sure you stay muted unless you are the one speaking because of some technical difficulties. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book. We are in the chapter, We Agnostics. We are on page 52. And we will be reading the last paragraph that says, The Wright Brothers Almost Childish Face. Just that one paragraph will be read and comments taken on that this morning. And I am going to ask Pete B. if he would read that for us, please.
3: Thank you, Monica. Are you able to hear me okay?
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
3: Thanks. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. The Wright brothers, almost childish faith that they could build the machine, which would fly was the mainspring of their accomplishment. Without that, nothing could have happened. We agnostics and atheists were sticking to the idea that self-sufficiency would solve our problems. When others showed us that god's sufficiency worked with them, we began to feel like those who had insisted the bright brothers the rights would never fly that's an interesting short little paragraph to comment for three minutes on, so i'm going to do my best and you know in in reading this and thinking about this, you know. I, I'd imagine that back then nobody was going to tell the Wright brothers that they weren't going to be able to fly, you know. They, they, you know it, it, we read you know back on uh page 51 that you know even the newspapers wouldn't even, were afraid to even print the fact that the Wright brothers would fly. But you know it, it didn't matter. They just believed that they could fly and nobody was going to talk them out of it. And, you know, I, 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 I think back to, I, I, you know, in thinking about the chapters that we read before this and how things started out, you know, it starts out with a medical assessment of this condition, followed by stories that we could be laid in, additional case studies, uh, and then presented with solution that really has some things in there that you can't really explain. They're not tangible, and all of this to arrive at a conclusion that you either are or you are not an alcoholic or a compulsive overeater. And I heard earlier in the week that uh, the origin of the word agnostic means, comes from ag meaning without, agnostic meaning knowledge. So if you're agnostic, you're without knowledge. Well. You know, the previous chapters present you with a a complete amount of knowledge. And you could continue to believe, as I always did, that I was going to somehow, some way, summon up the willpower and the know-how and the right diet that was going to help me solve my problem. Or I could take a look at the truth, which is this body of knowledge that explains my condition. It explains that there's no human power, that I have no effective mental defense. There's no... There's no hope. I'm doomed, essentially, if I have this condition, and if I need help, and if I want help, and I want to get better, I'm going to have to find a power greater than myself. Now, you know, I would imagine that, you know, there were people that just like this, just like this says, uh, we we began to feel like those who had insisted the Wright brothers would never fly. Like, until they saw that plane up in the air, they were still going to say, nah, that, you know, they can't fly. I would even venture to say that some people would see that plane in the air and say, ah, it's, it, it's, it's an illusion. It's something else. It's got to be something else. Because that's just how strong-willed and, and how uh, diseased my mind had become or our minds become, you know. I'm unable to distinguish the true from the false when I'm in this disease. And the fact of the matter is, is that I have this hopeless, helpless, fatal condition, which left untreated gets worse, never better. And the only solution for me is having a spiritual experience. And that spiritual experience is my experience. Unfortunately, I think they say wise people learn from other people's. I mean, I forget the the term, but basically they're saying that, you know, if you're smart, you can learn from other people's mistakes. And uh, I never could. I had to learn from my own. So my, my spiritual experience had to be my experience. Uh, and with that, I will pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Pete B. And we are on the bottom of page 52, The Wright Brothers' Almost Childish Face. And I who would like to share on that paragraph this morning.
4: Katie G from G. Boston.
0: Katie Harlan. Suji. Barbara, E, e. Sue, G. This is Larry. Larry. Oh, you guys are being so nice to me this morning. Kathy K. Kathy.
5: Lori W. L. Nancy Lori. P.
0: Well, oh, now, now, I'm, wait a minute. <laughs> there was a Lauren.
6: Lori W. Lori W. Nancy okay, P.
0: This, This is what I got this morning. Did I was that Nancy P? Okay, this is what I got. When we'll be getting more? Katie G, Harlan G, Barbara E, Sue G, Larry K, Kathy K, Lauren N. I'm not sure. Lauren, you have to tell me. Laurie W, Nancy P, Katie G, you're up. Good
4: morning, Monica. Good
0: morning. Uh, Please, um, everyone, please press star one to mute. If you're not Good Katie morning, Monica. <laughs>
4: Talking over you already. Hey, guys, it's Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic in Boston. Yeah, sometimes I feel like people crawl into my big book in the middle of the night and, and add new things. This is amazing. So <clears throat> the faith, this childish faith, this belief that, um, that they could do it was the main spring, the chief motive that, I mean, <laughs> and that's... Miraculous to me, right, like these these super smart Wright brothers who are doing things I really can 't even fathom, like they 're building airplanes they 're making people fly like i don 't have that kind of brain, but they 're saying that the mainspring was not their knowledge, it was not their mathematical calculations, faith was the mainspring, and um that is so true for me about my life and the problem for me is that faith didn't come right away. Faith is like a muscle for me. And I didn't have faith in the beginning. All I knew was that the, the mess, the mishigash that my disease had created in my life was getting worse and worse. And that my answers were not working. And I can hear someone doing dishes. And um, so, and that, and that didn't work, but faith but but you guys were talking about how you didn't have to rely on yourself anymore, that you didn't have to – self-sufficiency is the ability to supply one's own needs without assistance, that, that you didn't have to do that anymore, and that you're – by taking certain actions, you started to believe in a God greater than you, and that that God – did things for you like take away the food, like take away the defects, like like give you a purpose, a primary purpose to live, hope, you know, everything. And um, and, and the more you trusted, the more you believed, and the more you believed, the more you trusted. And but I just really want to put it out there that you know, as a recovered woman today, faith continues to mean action. Um I continue to feel like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, life as a recovered woman is fantastic, and God continues to give me opportunities to trust right to have a mainspring of my accomplishment to say okay well i don't have to go into a room and figure this out right because where's the main problem if you're trying to think about god the main problem is in your mind so you're trying to use the main problem your mind to to find God. It cannot happen. But if I surrender my thinking and realize anything I'm thinking about, I should do the opposite, you know, that's the best, right? Like when I can get out of myself, when I can um, do that through the process of entire abstinence and working the steps, you know, God comes in and through me. And um, yeah, I'm just going to keep showing up and, and exercising my faith because the more... The more I exercise it, the stronger it gets, and uh, doing it with you all a day at a time, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Katie G., Harlan G., you're up, and then it'll be Barbara E.
7: Thank you, Monica, and thank you to Team Wednesday for making this magnificent meeting possible. My life in this disease is a life of defeat. It says in the doctor's opinion that we lose self-confidence, Of course I lost self-confidence. No matter what I did, no matter what I tried, failed. What is the first sentence that we are exposed to in the book in the foreword to the first edition? Knowing this, God puts in the book, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. In the doctor's opinion on page XXV25 in Roman numerals, it says, this man, I'm looking at to whom it may concern in the third paragraph, this man and over 100 others appear to have recovered. What is the first word of the first step? We. Am I so egotistical? Am I so negative Am I so immature that I can't give God the power to drag me out of the Almond Joy bars and the Oreo cookies into the sunlight of the spirit? Am I so addicted to defeat and failure? Am I so addicted to self-pity? Am I so addicted... For making people feel sorry for me, that I want to demonstrate that I'm so unfortunate that I can't recover, or am I willing to understand that this is not a dress rehearsal? This is it. This is opening night of September, or excuse me, of April 18th, 2018. This is it. Can I not give? My higher power, the ability to drag me from this muck and to put me on the shore and stand in the sunlight of the Spirit and to do the work. And whether I think it's going to work or I don't think it's going to work, all I need to do is take the action. I understand nothing of exercise uh, 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 science, but every day, I go to that gym, and I pump that bike, and I do what I'm supposed to do, and it benefits me. This is not a program for people who need it. This is not a program for people who want it. This is a program for do it. But in the back of my mind, I can let God whisper on that last burning ember of hope that maybe, just maybe, this will work for me too. And it has for a long time. And I have over 19 years of freedom from food. And I have done so happily. And with
8: that, I will pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Harlan G. Barbara E., it's your turn, and then it'll be Suji.
8: Thank you so much. The Wright Brothers, Flight, the Moonshot, cell phones, the Internet, Google. I was willing eagerly to throw away old antiquated gadgets in favor of the new ones because they'd been proven to work. And my old ideas were certainly not working for me. I needed to throw them away, but I, it was scary. Would I be willing to do that? I'd been living with certain preconceived notions for so long. Yes, I was unhappy and certainly diagnosed as morbidly obese. Yes, I was creating havoc in my family. I was hiding food all over the house. I was putting food in containers and garbage bags and putting the bags out on trash day at 5 a.m. in the morning. And I had all those 12 different sizes in my closet. Yes, I was isolating and I was lying to myself and others and stealing food, but that's all I knew. Would I dare to think I could be better I could try something new, like the Wright Brothers. Would it work for me? Or was I doomed to repeat the same things over and over? If you're new and listening, I'm telling you, it does work. Things that people thought were not possible are possible. If people can get in planes and fly across the Atlantic Ocean, things that I thought were impossible for me might be possible. Could I be honest with myself and others? I had to ask myself, what foods were simply toxic? Toxic. What food behaviors and driving routes home were toxic? Could I suc- sincerely acknowledge that I don't know everything and control nothing? I had to try. My life depended on it. Some questions may be unanswerable, but that one was answerable. I had to make the choice to believe and trust in this process and then get on with the work. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara E. Suji, it's your turn, and then it'll be Larry K.
9: Good morning. This is Suji. Finally, no more snow in Michigan. Um, recovered by the grace of God, <clears throat> I have to give my daily no report since we've had ice and snow and we're not playing any baseball and no one wants to come to Detroit anymore. Um, but we talk about faith that works. Your faith thought works is dead. The Wright brothers had that childish faith that works. They didn't just have faith. I think of the time I was my father, my daddy, was in the pool and he wanted me to jump. And I I believed my daddy would catch me. But until I jumped off the edge of the pool into his arms. I didn't have the action. I didn't show that I trusted. This is what the Wright brothers have. This is what we as 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 we have faith as we um get up to the move into step three, which we will <clears throat> be doing pretty soon be moving into the next chapter but we we must have faith it goes beyond believing or it is dead and the Wright brothers kept trying and kept trying and they believed but what showed that they believed was the fact that they didn't give up and they finally flew and I think you know um That's how we have to be with our faith. We have to keep on believing and keep on believing that there's somebody higher, something higher than ourselves. Uh, Think of the song, Somebody Bigger Than You and I. And we have to believe that. But we have to eventually go beyond belief and go into trust where we can put it to work by the action. When we start working step four, Um, those are the action steps. With that, that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sue G. Larry Kay, it's your turn, and then it'll be Kathy Kay.
10: Thanks so much, Monica. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay, thanks so much, uh, Larry Kay, Recovered Composable Reader. Thanks for your service. Um, You know, for me... Um faith is is leaping even when there's no net visible. And with this disease I didn't want to leap. I wanted the net to be visible first. See the Wright brothers, they had to leap with no net being visible and, and you know they, they they you know, Orville Wright was was injured, terribly injured in an accident. So actually there was a gentleman flying with him that was killed this 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 took tremendous amounts of courage faith, faith doesn't uh, involve uh you know some sort of blind kind of deal they 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 had to have courage we have to have courage when we embark on this program faith is not just you know the domain of religion it can be for you but it's it's not it it, it goes to the heart of what it means to be human to make our way in an uncertain world to walk forward step by step, even when we're unsure where our feet are going to fall. That was the thing for me. You tell me where my feet are going to fall first. And I better get a glimpse of how that feels first before I embark on this. And that never works. See, there's an impetuousness, uh, a, a curiosity, a bold trust that it takes in this program, which is at the core of this faith. We don't see the net. You know, they say that the tools are the net. The tools are the net. Supports you when you fall. The tools aren't going to get you well. You you can try to keep, you know, using the tools to get you well. Good luck. Let me know how that works. It didn't work for me. But this isn't, you know, faith is in all its applications, doesn't have to be religious or scientific or, or atheistic or anything. There's no way to write this down on a piece of paper and keep it in my wallet. This is a a program of doing it. You do it and see if there's a net there. You know, I heard someone say, test this God that you don't believe in. See what's there on the other side. Thank God for this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. Kathy Kay, you're up, and then it'll be Lauren.
5: Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service, and hello to everyone on the line. This is Kathy Kaye, recovered in Boston, and um, boy, this paragraph uh, reminds me of how difficult it was for me to let go of self-sufficiency um, as part of my working of Steps 2 and 3, Um and it took me a very, very long time. I was in my mid-40s when I came to program, uh, having lived a lo- a, what appeared to be a fairly successful life uh, on self-sufficiency. Um, and that was what I was taught as a child, and it's what I lived and developed and thought was the key to a successful life for four or more decades. Um, The idea of letting go of self-sufficiency and having faith in something I could not touch or see um, was very, very frightening to me. Although I didn't understand that it was fear um, at first, I just chose to ignore it and to do uh, other aspects of the program that made sense to me. Um, And as several have said already, um, the tools by themselves or uh, trying to do this on my own, it just did not work for many years. Um, And I think it it was in listening to others and following the guidance of a wise sponsor that I began to... um, open myself to the possibility that there is a power greater than me that can be helpful to me. And it, it was a journey of spending time each day just sitting with that idea and using the prayers in this big book to help me begin to build a relationship with something I couldn't touch or see Um, I am so grateful that I had the willingness to do that because with time, I began to look forward to that special time each day that I put aside to develop a faith. Um, And over time, it's become essential to me. So it is a process, and for many of us, it takes a long time um, but it does come with the effort and the willingness. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kathy Kay. And Lauren, you're up. You'll need to give us your last initial, and then it'll be Laurie W. And maybe I didn't hear, Lauren, huh?
11: Hmm,
0: okay. Laurie W., it's your turn.
6: Thank you. Thank you so much for your service this morning. This is Lori W., Recovering Compulsive Overeater, Living Life on Its Terms in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, this passage just is so simple. It's just so plain. It's looking at the innocence of the Wright brothers to think that we can do what the birds do. We can fly. We can make this heavy machine and it will glide through the air. And I have had a tr- uh, a problem with faith in God, not that I don't believe that he exists, just that I believe that he has been good to others and he has helped other people, but I just didn't believe and feel like he would do it for me. And um, as I read this passage, I, it always reminds me of when I was a little girl um, and we used to get, my father worked for... Um, the corporate office of Sears in Chicago. He was an executive there and um, we got the big wish book. I mean like that two inch um, catalog that came in the mail. He would bring them home before they you know, went out and were mailed out to others and I would dog ear pages and I would mark up things and I would go in through that whole book and circle, circle, circle for months, you know, weeks before Christmas hoping and wishing that I would get the baby alive, that I would get these new cool boots, that I would get this snowsuit, that I would get these toys that that my heart desired, and I believed, and I did not go to bed Christmas Eve without the expectation of, of it being under the tree in the morning. I had hope, and I had faith, and I got up Christmas morning because I trusted that there would be goods under that tree for me. and. I have had to take that and translate that into my adult life. I mean, it it seems so simplistic, Um, but I've had to do that, and I've had to pray and hope that these things that I desire and that I need for my life, that God will provide them. And as I believe and think, I also have to take the action, and that has been what has been lacking in my life, taking action. I would like to be then. I never took the action to do it. When I began to take the action, my body went from 280 pounds to today it's 115 pounds because I took action. I didn't just continue to hope and wish and cross my fingers. I took action. I put the food down. I got my butt up. I went walking. I went learn how to jog and bike ride. And I took action. And so faith without works is dead. We have to take action. I have to take action. Um, my job situation is not good and I'm probably going to be out of work in the next week, week and a half. What is my job to do today? God, what would you have me to do? You'd have me to go in and do my job like I am tenured and like I'm going to retire from this job. At the same time, I have another action to take, and that is to float my resume, to get it out there, to let others know that I need a job. That's my work to do. And I'm doing that, thank you, in faith, I'm taking the action in faith, believing that God has something different and better for me and that there's somewhere that I can go in this world that I can be of maximum use to God and to my
0: fellows. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lori W. Nancy, I think it's P, Europe. Can I be heard? Is this Nancy?
12: Yes, this is Nancy.
0: And what's your last initial, please? P. Okay. Got it. Thank you. You're up. I'm starting my
12: timer. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, when I, when I read this paragraph, I was still at home. Now I'm in the car at a red light. So I was able to turn on my timer, but, um, I, it struck me that this childlike faith. So I was focusing on that because I, you know, I'm sort of constantly in a, in a, um, state of, um, sadness that my kids are growing up and away from me and um, I remember when they were little they just you know they just believed whatever was the most comfortable and pleasant and um, when my daughter was little she used to write these letters to Santa I'm in an interfaith marriage and so I don't really you know know anything It didn't was wasn't raised by that with that but she used to write these conversational letters to Santa with her list but she'd always start out like dear Santa this is what I'd like for Christmas. I love Christmas. And I hope you do too. That type of thing. It was really adorable. And I've saved them all. And what struck me is about, you know, and when I look back on that is that she was had complete faith that Santa Claus existed. And, you know, my son, um, one time I was reading him a book and I was reading him when he was little, like maybe three. And I was reading, you know, and then the man did this or something like that. And he said, mommy, And I said, yes. And he said, did you realize that I just ran all the way around the world? And I said, no, I did not. But I'm impressed. And then we went on to our with our story. And that's sort of how, you know, I think of childlike faith. And, you know, I would repeat these things and, you know, to my friends and people would say, oh, you know, that'll all you know, that's so funny. That'll all change. And I said, yeah, there's plenty of time for them to be crushed by life. And that's sort of where I was. You know, I have been in this program for a very long time and um and i never i occasionally would have periods of abstinence or period- i don't even like to use that word I would occasionally have periods where my weight was acceptable to me and my size was acceptable to me um but I never had what i would call what we what i now call abstinence and I never had any serenity and you know I really was crushed by life and um and, and you know, pain is a wonderful teacher, as it says elsewhere in the book, you know, the first nip of the ringer, this he may do when he gets hurt some more. You know, I I was hurt a lot. I was crushed by life, and my faith had been crushed. It You know, self-pity, you know, I was wallowing in it. I was stewing in my own juices, and it was a very unhealthy broth. And, um, you know, by the grace of God, I picked up the phone one day when I was just beside myself, ready to eat in public the way that I ate in secret. And by secret, I mean not picking up something with my fingers at the table at home, but eating, you know, stopping off at BJ's and buying industrial-sized bags and boxes of things um, and eating on the way to work. Um, Oops, sorry. Um, I'll wrap up. But today, you know, that one small flame You know, that one small action of making a phone call and getting the answer has opened up a huge world to me. And um, I'm forever grateful. Thank you all for being here. Thank you so much. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Nancy P. And for those who may have come on a little bit later, we are on page 52, the last paragraph that starts, The Wright Brothers. And who else would like to share this morning?
7: Nessa R. Ross M.
0: Nessa Russ. Ruth H. John L. Ruth H. I, a I heard a man's voice. Matt M. No, someone else. John L. John L. Okay. Matt. Um, all right, this is who I've got. Nessa R. Russ M, Ruth H, John L, Matt M, and I think there was someone else that spoke up that I missed. Anita J. Anita. Okay, we're going to go with that. Nessa R., you're up, and then it'll be Ross M.
13: Thank you. Good morning, Vision Syndrome. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. You know, whenever I read this uh, paragraph, I think, were the Wright brothers the only ones who believed that uh, man could fly? And invariably, I mean, I don't know. I've never really taken the time to do any research. Um, if there is such information available even. But I, I, I have a hard time believing that that's the case. And the difference between um, them and maybe all the others that did have the same belief is that they tried to do something about it. They did something about it. Um, but they started with our beliefs. And when I came into these rooms, I came in beaten, And I had no belief that I could that I could do it, to tell you the truth, because I had watched so many others in my life do it. And I couldn't do it. I just, I obviously, I didn't understand why. And there was a difference between them and me. They weren't compulsive over either. They were just regular run-of-the-mill fat people who had a necessity or a wish to lose the weight, and they did it. Um, I, on the other hand, was the real thing, the real alcoholic. And I didn't know that. So I came in without any belief. And then I saw that people um, at my meetings uh, and I saw what, what could be possible, what could be possible. Um, but then I, I, I struggled. I struggled for nine years when I was in the room. Um, and this is another thing that we gleaned from, another lesson that I gleaned from, from the Wright Brothers. Their first uh, flying machine was not a success, nor the second, nor the third. There were some serious failures, some serious problems, and they never gave up. They never gave up. And I am grateful to God that he kept me in these rooms because I see so many people um, fail and become discouraged and leave, and I never left. I I never, ever left. And then um, finally God brought me into contact um, with someone in whom the problem had been solved who was very knowledgeable um, about the big book and the steps of in the big book and took me to the steps. And then I was finally taking the action that I needed to take, just like the Wright brothers, you know, by persevering and continue to take action, I eventually, I would say the word stumbled. I did stumble onto the the solution, um, which is contained in this big book, which I had read many times but totally missed. Um, so for me, the lessons are three: number one, belief; number two, action; and number three, perseverance until until we get there. Because that was my experience, and uh, with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nessa R. And Russ M., you're up. And then it'll be Ruth H.
14: Good morning, Monica. Uh, good morning, fellows. Russ Recover Compulsive Eater outside of Philly. So, you know, we're hammering this home about faith and, and uh, you know, trusting. And, you know, I still battle that. I still battle it every day. And... You know what I gather, what I'm hearing from all the shares, and it's pro- it's like at the perfect time what I need to hear. You know, you got to exercise it, you got to work it, you got to take that step off, off, off the, you know, off the edge of the world in a way. You know, and just trust that God's going to gather you, catch it and and put you back together. You know, I was struggling yesterday, and I talked to my sponsor, and you know he has he's just awesome, and he goes. Uh, Did God ever let you down in your life? And when I thought of it, like really pondered that, no, never. He said, did you ever let God down? (laughs) I said, oof, you know, many times. He said, so who do you think should be in charge? And it's a matter of surrendering. And that's, you know, as we surrender and we trust with the little things, little by little, we start gaining more and more faith. And that's... That's my battle every day. Yes, the food is down. That's great. That's cool and all. But can I trust God with my children, with my relationships, with my finance, with my wife, with, you know, s- struggling to get out of bed because you feel like crap? Do I trust God in all every aspect of my life? And my faith needs to be exercised and, and strengthened. And it is through these steps, through this program. Constantly shedding the ego, and it's hard to do it's hard to do, but this book and this program, and this meeting too, I'm gonna to give you you know the say the truth this meeting has a way of bringing the truth out and and helping you move forward in the way that God wants you that you guys keep me close to God, and so that book and these steps and uh I love you further. have a beautiful day, all right,
0: God bless. Thank you, M. Ruth H., it's your turn, and then it'll be John L.
15: Thank you, Monica. Thanks so much for your service. Um, This is Ruth H., gratefully recovered in Connecticut. Um, You know, when I heard that expression, childish faith, it made me think of the faith of my childhood, um, which was very different than the childish faith that um, the Wright Brothers had. You know, I grew up with a God that I saw as scary and um, punitive, um, that he was just waiting for me to do wrong so that he could punish me. And, and when I think back, boy, did I give him a lot of opportunity. Um, but I only went to him when I was desperately in need of something. You know, I never went to, to seek knowledge of his will. Instead, I always went to beg him to do my will. And when he didn't answer those prayers, um, at least not to my satisfaction, well, it just confirmed my opinion that, um, that he didn't really love me, that he wasn't there for me. Maybe he was there for others, um, but he certainly wasn't a part of my life. Uh, what a difference this program and the teaching of God sufficiency um, has meant in my life. You know, I now have a personal relationship um, with a God who, who loves me in ways I'll never truly understand and um, who does have the answer to all of my problems. Still, maybe not in the way I had originally hoped for, but his answer always turns out to be the, the perfect solution. Um, you know, I thought God was overwhelmed with world hunger, that he couldn't have time to deal with my hunger. But now I know, I realized how limiting my beliefs were, because now I know he's big enough and powerful enough to handle every detail of my life. You know, if I'm just humble enough to go to him, he's always waiting there for me. And, and even after I um, put the food down and, and um, started to live entirely abstinent and work the steps, um, as they are spelled out in that big book, I still felt I had to find God. You know, that was my quest, um, go find God. But instead, what this program has taught me, taught me was that I just had to be open to him, you know, um, um, that he would find me. There, it, it wasn't um, such a struggle once I could just admit my powerlessness and work these steps to the best of my ability. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much for letting me
0: share. Thank you, Ruth H., John L., it's your turn, and then it'll be Matt M.
16: Hello, this is John, John L., in Arizona, and um, the two things that really jump out at me about this reading, um, about some of the musts that we have in this program, uh, a belief in God, and, and I didn't I wasn't given an automatic belief in God. I had to grow it in all of this. And, you know, it says in the big book, God could and would if he were sought. And the big book asks us to get rid of our prejudice about God. And then it gives this example about the childish faith that the Wright brothers had. I mean, everyone at that time, well, not everyone, but uh, most people in, in the common... Uh, consensus among the public was no one it's impossible to fly all this science stuff you guys are silly but the wright brothers said no no let's let's give this a try let's go i mean these guys were bicycle mechanics and anyway they were open-minded to the idea and that's what the big book tells me i have to be about my god i have to be open-minded as I understand my God, because I'm always growing and changing and developing even more and more. And these guys went out. And, and then they, they kept with their perseverance and kept trying and trying. And, and that's my program. I have to keep trying and trying and working and working at it. And um, so anyway, just being willing to believe in a God and, uh, you know, God takes care of the details as it did for them with their childish faith in flying is what really got me going in will God work in my life on this overeating. And when I first thought, God, work in my own, what's he going to do, appear across the table and slap food out of my hand? No, it's a real spiritual, a supernatural way of having a higher power in my life that can slap that gremlin down in my my brain that's trying to get me to overeat or take that first bite. And that's how this program works. And it all starts with that childish faith, much like what the Wright brothers had. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, John L. Matt M., it's your turn. And then it'll be Anita J. Can you
17: hear me, Monica? I can. Good morning, thank you for your service. Good morning everyone. This is Madame and the Plus and Liver Eater. You know, we agnostic at and atheists, we're sticking to the idea that self sufficiency would solve our problems. You know, I'm more I think of myself more agnostically inclined. I do know I have a higher power, I just don't know what, what the heck it is. Um I haven't really been in much connection with it, but I'm praying more like I started to do yesterday. I'm coming out of a funk and um, basically trying to keep my head above water by praying to whatever higher power I do have because it's definitely helpful. I always I'd always feel better, even if I don't know what I'm praying to. And um, faith has never come easy for me, and it's something I have to work on because I've always been one of those people that I think, like, either I can fix the problem on my own or I can find somebody else to go fix the problem for me, and that's always the case. I've never really been good at, like, trying to um, work on things for myself. And um, I'm definitely learning that I have. there's some things I have to do on my own, there's some things I have to ask for help, I have to learn to ask for help for the right things, not for the things I know I could, that God knows I can do for myself, you know, um, and learn to rely that, I, that he is going to be there for me by when I need him. So just for today, I'm willing to take, the, take a little bit of faith and do more prayer and meditation to get more connection with my higher power. With that,
0: I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. M. Anita J., it's your turn.
11: Thank you, Monica. This is Anita J. Recovered we out uh, west of Boston. Um True as someone always says the loving mercy and grace of God. That is the truth. I want to say I have a grandson that from a young age it was spotted that he could think outside of the box. And he didn't know that he thought differently than his brother or most of the world. And um, he just believed in the way he thinks. And it's created some extraordinary things from that young boy. He is the opposite of me. I tried from an early age to make sense of this world. I had no time to think outside of the box if I even had that ability. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to know this is right and this is wrong. Um, Sometimes that's good. Is Is God here or isn't he? That's a black and white. But most of life uh is is kinda grey and um and you got to go with roll with the punches. The thing is, I never would have ever believed if I even had the thought of the Wright brothers, I would have rejected it because it would have made me different from the others, which I didn't want to do because I felt that way anyway. It's really an extraordinary example, I think, that the, that Bill put in the Wright Brothers example. Yes, the ability to think outside the box and believe in yourself. You know, I'd say that I'm probably closest to that than I've ever been because God has given me that ability to trust yourself, Anita. Follow me and trust yourself. Uh, Really, thank God for this program and um, and this entire book. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Anita J. And we've got less than two minutes. So who would like it? Tina S. Tina, you got it. Go. <laughs>
18: Thanks, Monica, for your service. Tina S. Compulsive Eater Anorexic, uh, recovered today by God's grace in Florida. Wow, what a fabulous meeting. And, you know, I just had to get on the same page with everyone here, you know, with my limited ability, you know, self-sufficiency self-sufficiency certainly failed me, you know. And over time and over failure and over all the perils and stuff like that, I was, you know, beaten to a place of reasonableness and willingness that uh, somebody else had a better idea and that maybe I can open my mind just a little bit like the people did with the Wright brothers and that this too could happen for me, that I could take the action like they did and has been shared over the line all morning. They had to take the action to put the faith into works. And I love that it was shared, faith without works is dead. That has been my experience. And today, one day at a time, I suit up and I show up. And I invite a power greater than myself in my life. And I have a life today beyond my wildest dreams. And Never, ever had that on my own. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Tina. Yeehaw. Thank you to everyone who has shared please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And our share ID for today, Wednesday, April 18th, 7 a.m. meeting is eleven thousand three hundred and ten, one one three one zero. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Lynn F., could you read that for us, please?